Welcome to ICI Digs Deep, sponsored by Katz, Sapper, and Miller. Today, Richard Hedgecock checks in with the Fort Wayne Indiana Transportation Team and chats about cross-training and why it's important. Hello, this is Richard Hedgecock with the ICI and the ICI Digs Deep podcast. Today, we are joined by leaders from the Fort Wayne District ITT team. We've got Andy Brooks, Doug Burgess, and Greg Rominger. So guys, let's do some brief introductions. We'll start with the man who never has problem talking, Doug Burgess. I don't know where you got that idea, but let's run with it, Richard. It's good to be back. Last year, we uh, we did this taping. Uh, we happened to be on vacation, and it just so happened that we had a change in schedule yesterday, and we're on vacation today, so it's good to be here. As Richard said, I'm Doug Burgess, and uh, I'm the Capital Program Management Director in the Fort Wayne District. Uh, we've been at this together now, at least with me, actually 14 years today. Today? Today. This is it. Wow. So we're celebrating on a lot of fronts. So we, we work very closely together. We've, we've just got a tremendous relationship up here among the leadership team and certainly throughout our entire team that we absolutely nurture. It's something we believe in, and that's probably the big thing that carries over into our uh, Indiana transportation team relationships. And uh, maybe we'll talk some more about that in a bit, but that's me in a nutshell. Great. Greg? My name's Greg Rominger. I am the manager of the transportation department for Burgess and Nipal. I've been there for about 17 years, and I've worked in the industry for 39. Wow. During that time, I started out as an RPR doing construction inspection, so I feel like I've had a good exposure to the construction side of things, and I think that's served me well throughout my career as a designer. Uh, like I say, I now manage our design group of the road design group in our Indy office. I've worked with Fort Wayne District quite a good deal and work well with them. Great. And Andy Brooks. Andy Brooks with Brooks Construction. Honored to be part of this group. I've been in the industry approximately 45 years. So spent my entire career at Brooks Construction and looking forward to the statewide effort on the IATT committees to see what we can do to move the partnership between all the players in the construction industry forward. So how is the construction season going up your way? It's wet. Yeah, right? It's very wet. Yeah. So I bet yeah. you're behind on a lot of things. Yes. Yeah, I believe everyone is. And certainly if there's any earth moving involved in it, it's way behind. Yeah. Doug, are you seeing that everywhere? Oh, my. We're actually, uh, Jerry and I rolled through Andy's construction zone last night up north on 69, and uh, they're hard at it later on in the afternoon, early evening hours. So they're doing what they can to catch up. And to yeah. get that dirt covered. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> well, hopefully things will start to dry out. And here in Indy, we're still, we're doing it again today, but hopefully it starts to dry out next week. So your group last met in March. We even formed some subcommittees, as we recall. Let's talk about some of the things you all are discussing and where we think that might lead. Doug, you want to start that? Ooh, absolutely. We stepped back and took a look at the overall initiative statewide, and uh, we were actually assigned the task of exploring cross-training and enhancing cross-training. 
and part of what led us to those next steps was, you know, we, we need to become involved. We need to build our relationships and be more comfortable with one another. So what we did was set aside three subcommittee. We know that other districts are looking at decision-making in that partnering process. We know that uh, we're looking at stage two and the value of that, and also enhancing cross-training. So we set apart three subcommittees to actually look at those, understanding that two of them are going to be district-specific. But the main thing behind that is it got us talking and has kept us talking for the past five or six months. And those two teams are going to get together among themselves yet this summer and kind of get that midpoint. And we're going to head toward that end of year discussion in December, January, that we can report back to the entire IT team, at least our district, and say, here's what we've found. And uh, on top of that, we're going to really kind of look deeply into enhancing cross-training. That's a giant topic. In fact, it's a toughie. The deeper we drill into this topic, an even greater need for cross-training is exposed. To me, the importance of cross-training, and cross-training can be a pretty broad phrase. It can mean anything from, you know, structured, organized, topic-based, actual training to just people being in the same room and hearing the same message from leaders on a particular topic. I think there's huge value in just bringing together designers, builders, department folks in the same room and saying, hey, here's what we did this season, what worked well and what didn't. Here's what we're looking forward to next season and what we want to try to do in this district. I think that to me, that's cross-training, just people all being in the same room, hearing the same message. I absolutely agree. Listen to that. Let's, let's clear the air on something on this cross-training thing. We're not talking about teaching Burgess trigonometry. That's right. not where we're headed. Our effort is all about getting better at what we're already good at. Yeah. I don't know if that plays well in the, in the grammatical world, but that's in the end, that's the way it is. Andy, you have thoughts on that? Yeah, it's going to be a gigantic task. I mean, because it's going to be a living, breathing ongoing process and you know whether you want to do it at a district-wide level or not but i think from the original meetings statewide meetings and things that this was supposed to develop a more unified process across the state so things were being handled the same from district to district and that gets to make it a very difficult process to figure out how we keep the way partnering is conducted in fort wayne and vincennes the same or Laporte and, you know, Greenfield. I mean, how do you keep things on the same way? It's a monster to get your arms around. Yeah. Greg? Yeah, I agree with that. And I think probably the maybe the biggest issue we, we identified early on was that both the consulting design industry and the contractor industry all interacted a lot with NDOT, but not so much with each other. I think that's the barrier that we've been trying to break down and giving the opportunity for contractors to look at our plans when they're about 60% developed so that they can provide input that could lead to a better product and uh, giving the designers an opportunity to stay engaged during construction so that we hear the issues when they occur. And as a result, not only to help work through those issues on any given project, but to become aware that some issues are recurring 
And that way we can bring that back and avoid repeating a design that doesn't necessarily work well in a certain circumstance, you know, to the degree possible and uh, try to provide a better product on our end. Greg, that piece of the puzzle is so, in my little brain, is so key to success. That end of the feedback loop, when the project is completed, as hard as it is is to do when we've got so much on our plates, but to have that final last meeting and gathering and discussion of what went right and what went wrong so that you all can learn, pass that on to your peers, and as you said, hopefully avoid some of those things in the future by learning how to do it better. Right. And we've even been attending a lot of pre-finals, you know, the final punch list meetings. So you know, that's obviously a good, at that point, it's a good time to see what went well and what didn't. I think that's awesome. And again, I know that that's the biggest challenge and people, there's a tendency to to have the eye roll when it's like another freaking meeting, you know, and I, and I get it. <laughs> I get it. Mm-hmm. But it's almost cutting off your nose to spite your face if you don't do that, because it's a real opportunity to make what we do better. Invest the time and effort up front if you want to get better. And that's what yeah. those meetings at the pre-final or the final are, the you know, debriefing at the end of a job. Right. Yeah. And same thing with stage two plan reviews. That's an investment up front to try and make sure projects end up being able to build better with a better price, higher quality, quicker. Right. Right. I think it, a lot of it comes down to helping all of us understand that we don't know what we don't know, you know, and And that's okay. Yeah, exactly. And not to get defensive or point fingers or anything like that, but just to understand, you know, what contractors' constraints are, what problems they run into that we really wouldn't have any good way to be aware of. And similarly, uh, for them to understand the challenges we fight to develop a set of plans and a project. And I think just having a better understanding of the challenges that the other partners encounter helps us to work better and be better partners. You know, I, I always, I, people get sick of me saying it, but I always go back to my two touchstones. And that is the great Roland Fagan saying, have one more conversation, have <laughs> one more conversation. And then St. Travis Underhill, who says, assume positive intent. People come into these things wanting to do it right, wanting to do it well, wanting to do it fast for the right price, and everybody walk away happy and a best value for the taxpayer. And we can't assume that the person across the way that we're working with has nefarious intent. Everyone has good intent. You just need to understand everybody's motivations. That's right. You know, part of the key to this is why, addressing why. Let's get up front and maybe admit that some of us responsible for knowing why might not know why. So we don't necessarily have the confidence to share why when we're discussing purpose and need with our folks, with our team. So we tend to stay away from the why behind what we're doing when, in essence, that's where innovation begins to percolate. Here's what we need to do. Here's the reason we need to do this. And here's the outcome that we expect. Now we've got buy-in from our entire team. We can get around that. We can rally around that goal, that target, that need, and certainly come to the table. You know, if we do this, we might see that for an outcome. And I think if we do that in the spirit of getting better, 
what will happen is we're going to, here's a cliche for you, we're going to fail forward. As we fail forward, we're going to learn from our inconsistencies. We're going to learn from our mistakes. And some uh, someone very wise among our numbers said not too long ago, we need to stop doing that which we no longer need to do. And I think some explanation behind that is warranted and certainly going to be beneficial. Richard, if I could use you for an example, you asked me uh, yesterday, are you busy? And my response was, oh, my goodness, we're in the middle of developing a program. We're just off and running. We got everybody involved. We're doing this. We're doing that. And as I reflected on that, I didn't answer your question. You said, am I busy? And if I step back and think about what am I doing that I no longer need to do, I might be able to have a little more capacity to step up and say, uh, I might have some capacity there. What, what, what's the need? What, what, what's on your mind? What do you want to do? And I know you just didn't ask out of the kindness of your heart. I'd like to think so. But in reality, uh, are you busy? Because I got a whole bucket of stuff that we'd like to do. Let's get some clarity on that and, and step up and say, yeah, I've got room. Let's do this. Katz, Sapper & Miller have been a trusted CPA firm serving the construction industry for nearly 80 years. KSM is prepared to provide your business sound tax, assurance, accounting, consulting, and strategic planning advice. To get started, give them a call at 317-580-2000. I feel like, I don't want to get into a touchy area here, but I feel like one of our biggest challenges on all of this is getting the buy-in further down the ladder, getting the buy-in of cooperation and further conversations and doing things better, the more we push it down within the existing system. How do we do a better job of getting more people around the table? I feel like we're chipping away at it, but I get impatient, you know, and you want to see more cooperation discussion, more at the point of impact on the project level. What are your thoughts on that? We are already doing what you just said. I think it's more about exposure. I think it's more about telling one another and sharing. It's the, yeah, we're right. here's what we're doing, which will encourage more involvement. I think that's a critical piece of the puzzle. We're not starting from zero. We're way down range here. Andy, I know you got some thoughts on that. What, what are you thinking? Richard, I, I mean, you know, when you look around the regional IT people and the people, the leadership and all the six districts and stuff, they were probably not people that are really out building jobs. We got to get the people out building the jobs. Right. We got to keep involving it, whether it's the committees we have here, the three subcommittees, we've tried to spread it out more. You know, our own organization has estimators and PMs involved. We need to get the people that are out bidding and building the jobs. Inspecting the jobs. Inspecting the jobs, you know, whether it's an NDOT inspector or an NDOT engineer. Greg's people. You know, Greg's got his inspectors involved and the people that are really doing the work, they've got to, get, we have to get them engaged more and more. That's where the training needs to occur. And that's where the trust and the relationships continue to need to be evolved. I mean, it's great for Doug and I. 
but we're not really out on jobs every day. All right. right. Greg? Yeah, I think I would, I guess, mostly just agree with what Andy just said, you know, and I think a lot of it is helping our folks to start to become a resource during construction and for the construction folks to see us that way so that when something unexpected does happen, you know, we're a resource to help solve the problem. And I see that a lot, particularly with anything underground projects I have that's in construction right now is in the town of Frankfurt and there's all kinds of underground stuff. And we went out and did a lot of potholing and so forth, trying to do our best to locate all the utilities. But guess what? There's still uh, some surprises that are popping up out there. And, you know, I mean, I think in days gone by, that would have led to frustration directed maybe at us for not doing a better job showing them what was there. But we know what we know that was out there. And we and just like the contractor, we could only find so much. And uh, our utility locators only found so much. And it doesn't do any good to look at it like, you should have found these other things. There's just going to be things you don't foresee. So get us engaged and maybe we can help you find the best solution to, you know, move a storm sewer line to avoid it. Something along those lines, allowing us to have a partnership to be a resource to help solve a problem when it does come up because they're going to happen no matter how hard you try. Finger pointing doesn't help. It's a, it's ultimately a waste of time and energy. Anything else anybody wants to talk about? With regard to inspection, one of the questions continues to percolate on our end is, are we missing the important stuff? And I think that that goes a long way to maybe help us understand, should we refocus and maybe restart this machine on what we're looking at, given the technology we have today? Maybe move away from what we thought or what we needed to do decades ago, trust the technology, and manage the answers. My goodness, uh, we've gone from populating the spreadsheet to looking at the answer and doing something about it. Well, I appreciate your time today. Let's try to get your group back together. And when we do so, really push to get some of those folks in the room who are boots on the ground. I think that that's really key to moving forward. To that point, I'm excited. This will be the first time to talk about this publicly, but we are doing an ITT statewide partnering conference, a one-day conference in January. It's January 25th. It'll be at the uh, Indiana Convention Center. We are working with department and with ACEC and developing programming for that day. We'll have a keynote speaker. We'll have breakout rooms. We'll have opportunities to, as we just were talking about, we'll have opportunities for everybody to be in the same room and hear the same message about what went good last year, what we're going to do different next year, the challenges we've got in front of us, and how we can deliver a better product. And we really want to encourage for that one in particular, where we've got an opportunity out of construction season in a huge facility where we can take as many people as you want to bring to really get individuals there who are the difference makers in the field to hear the message. Mark your calendars right now, circle the 25th of January. Thank you guys for joining us today. Thank you again to our guests, Andy Brooks, Doug Burgess, Greg Rominger, and Richard Hedgecock, as well as our sponsor, Kat Sapper and Miller. To get in touch with KSM, give them a call at 317-580-2000. Join us every Friday during your morning commute to hear safety talks, 
member spotlights, and inside information about the infrastructure and transportation construction industry. This has been ICI Digs Deep. Let's break ground together. Together.